Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Before we get into the show, fun fact, this podcast was born out of a newsletter that we started way back in 2012. People really seem to like it, and we think you will too. It's a quick hit list of 10 things we've discovered recently that we love. Everything from recipes to beauty products to books to tools to truly anything that excites us. We send it every Monday. We do take some holidays off, and it's free. Sign up at a thing or two hq.com. Here's the show. Welcome to A Thing or Two, a deep dive into stuff we think more people should know about. I'm Claire Mazer. And I'm Erica Cerullo. If you want more where this came from and want to support us in general, head to a thing or two hq.com and sign up for Secret Menu, which will be weekly access to members-only content. To share your thoughts on this episode or anything at all, leave us a voicemail at 833-632-5463 or DM us on Instagram at a thing or two hq. Hi. Hi. I wanted to tell you about something. Please, Claire. There's a new way that people are exchanging contacts since you and I have been out on the scene. We closed our business in 2019 mm-hmm. and then we didn't leave our houses for a couple of years and mm-hmm. now we've re-entered and it's, yeah. there's a whole new way. No, we're on the circuit. We're running around. We're meeting people. <laughs> and the thing that people do now, they don't do business cards, which had well, more or less we died. Knew that. Yeah. I remember when the digital business card thing was really, tra- oh it was trying it was so like, hard. They were all, trying to make fetch happen with those They were trying to make apps. fetch happen and it would be like, you just bump your phone to the other person's phone no. and will exchange contacts. Or Gross. Like, yeah. There were all no. these really silly startups around how you could digitally exchange information. And then there was the QR code thing for a while. Just oh my God, scan I my QR code and add me that. to your contacts that way. I, ne- I certainly never did that because I didn't ha- learn how to use a QR code until the pandemic. Until we had to use it for menus during the pandemic. Yeah, so... Okay. But I remember at the end of Of A Kind, we didn't have business cards. And the only employee that we bought business cards for was our buyer because she would have to go to trade shows and hand them out. Well, now what people do is they open up a blank email draft in their phone and then hand their phone to you. So you will put your email address and basically send an email to yourself from their phone. Yes. So then you have their email address, which can I tell you the first time it happened to me, I was so thrown and the woman kept being like no you I was like what do I write and she was like you just put like nice to meet you or whatever in the second <laughs> line and I was like right because I'm sending it to you like I, I you was, were yeah, the logic of it was all I was you, so yeah, confused yeah. I was like am I receiving this email what I ultimately realized was there's a bit of a power dynamic at play too because it's if you are sending yourself the email from their phone then the, then it's on you to respond to it you're doing all the things <laughs> yeah yeah and then now ever since I did it that one time it's happened 
a million times. I'm still confused by it every time, but pretty soon I'm going to just be going to feel so natural. It. Here's the thing for me. I don't love holding other people's phones and touching other people's phones or just like touching is a weird word. Maybe I was going to say, not, is this a germaphobe no, thing I didn't not. know about? I feel like a weird responsibility holding someone's phone if like a text is going to come through mm. or like a thing. You know what I mean? That makes it a feels... lot of sense. And I'm sure there are people who don't do it this way for that reason. Yeah. Like I think a yeah. lot of people are cagey about their phones, even if there's nothing really to hide. It's just like my entire f- life right. is on this thing. Right. Like, who knows what's going to pop up exactly. while I'm holding it is how I feel. Um, exactly. I don't like the responsibility of that. Yeah. It's a time That's bomb. I don't know. I don't know. It's a whole new world out there. I had no idea. It's also weird that this has emerged since the pandemic or maybe before or during, but like certainly in the time since we've been on the scene. <laughs> how many times am I going to say on the scene? <laughs> on the scene. Maybe this is useful for our listeners. They won't be so caught off guard when it happens to them like I was that first time. It was a disaster. They'll like, just handle it like total naturals. Like that total person naturals. who did it for me, who did it to me the first time, I emailed them back being like, nice to meet you. Let's catch up. She never responded. And that's probably why she was so thrown by how <laughs> awkward I was about the whole exchange. Uh, I have a question. Do you think people are doing this at bars? Like this is how it's happening in the dating scene? Exchanging and, email addresses? No, I don't think that. Well, but, <laughs> but is it like send yourself a text message from me? Yeah. I'm hand my phone and I'm like, OK, put your number in and send yourself and a then text say, message. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. It's still weird. I don't like that. I don't want that to happen in dating, but let us know if it is. Something else we want to talk about. Mm-hmm. Speaking of being out on the scene, right, Claire? <laughs> <laughs> we went to an event recently mm-hmm. at Peoplehood, yeah. which is the new business founded by Elizabeth Cutler and Julie Rice, a.k.a. the work wives behind Soul Cycle. Yeah. And so this new business is doing these guided group conversation practices designed to improve your relationships, which like when I say that, it sounds like hippy dippy woo woo mm-hmm. whatever a and, bit. and certainly there's like a dusting of some yeah. of that of mm-hmm. course because anything that's about vulnerability right. and sharing your feelings and sitting around with in a circle with a group of people is but the experience itself didn't really feel that way and felt like also just like a natural outgrowth of soul cycle that's exactly what I was gonna say it had major soul cycle dna in it so the premise is what sort of what they say when they introduce this they're like the joke about soul cycle is it turned out not to be about exercise at all. Like it was about community and connection and ritual. And so when you go into these peoplehood circles, there's sort it's it's not group therapy, but it's just sort of group connection and working through stuff. And so when you go in, the first thing they do are these breathing exercises that feel exactly like the type of thing you do at the top of a yoga exactly. you know, yes. class or something yes. like that. Yes. It's really interesting because we talk a lot about all of these new. I'm going to use a word here. New modalities. Oh, shit. Okay. Therapy and all of this stuff and like things being a gateway drug. We've worked with BetterHelp forever. And we always talk about how like this is a great opportunity for your friend who's like, it's, it's the entry point. Lift. It's the entry point, right? This feels like one of those also where it's like, and it's not necessarily just therapy, but meeting people too, like making connections. Totally. Julie Rice said in an article for the New York Times, it feels therapeutic, but it's not therapy. It's vitamins, not medicine, which oh, felt like a very vitamins, good not medicine. Okay. Me. She's done this before. Yeah. So after you do the breathing exercises you're in this circle of like 15 to 20 mm-hmm. people then you go around the circle and answer the question how are you really doing mm-hmm. and it's led by someone who's like you know sort of cut from that soul cycle instructor, instructor cloth someone that you're like oh you're cool you get it you're like in touch with yourself mm-hmm. you are here to bring us all together she sets the tone she was like cool but she was like i'm gonna be vulnerable with you all i'm and gonna tell you a thing yeah. that's like actually happening mm-hmm. in my life 
that I'm struggling with and have mm-hmm. mixed feelings about. And then that will prompt you all to do the same and yes. to like have the same, to bring the same energy yes. basically. And then we broke off into pairs, you know, mm-hmm. with the people sitting next to us and answered a question where we each had two minutes to answer it and each like took turns listening. Yeah. That was a super interesting exercise and it has stuck with me in a big way. The instructor, what the guide. Guide, that, yeah, yeah, sure. I don't know. Is like, you know, listening's really hard. It's really hard not to interrupt and to suggest ideas. So for this, these two minutes, this person's going to share their story and you cannot say anything, nothing. The only thing you can say is, is there more? And they give you the prompt. And it was, it's challenging. And it was also challenging talking and not having the person respond for that long. Did you find that too? Yeah. I had to keep reminding myself that she wasn't allowed to respond. Yes. And talking for two minutes uninterrupted Mm -hmm. is a long time to speak. Yeah. It turns out. Yeah. And listening for two minutes on an, like, and not responding <laughs> is is a long time to not respond. I saw the funniest meme yesterday. I should have sent it to you. Really resonated. It was like, it's amazing how I spend my entire day like reliving awful things I said and being embarrassed about what came out of my mouth, and yet I never stop talking. <laughs> and it's like, same. I mean, I do a fucking podcast, and yet I spend all day just being like, why did I say that? Incredible. No, perfect. Absolutely perfect. Uh, Absolutely perfect. And then after this, you also close it out with some breathing exercises. Well, we also before that went around the circle and responded, you know, sort of gave shout outs or observations, right? Yes. We gave shout outs or observations Mm -hmm. of things that people had said or shared that really resonated or things we wanted to come back to. Yeah. I don't know. It felt like a good use of 55 minutes or however long it was. For sure. Yeah. Well, so I there were so many people who I was like, wow, I could really see X, Y, Z in my life benefiting from it. One, I just, 24-year-old me, basically, lost in the city, new job, like trying to find my way, being like, what is a career? What do I want my career to be? And just being like, am I the only one who feels this way? Well, and it's the first time in your life where you don't have a natural way of meeting friends and meeting people where you've had school Mm -hmm. up until that point, and now you don't. And meeting people at work feels like a totally different situation than meeting people in a class or in a Mm -hmm. dorm or, you know, whatever, or in a sports team or however you were making friends before. God, it would be such a good way to make friends, I think. I mean, we met people at this thing. I, I really found it to be such a compelling way to meet new people. I also think about new moms, you know? I mean, I think, listen, life stages in general, like a new life stage where you feel like you're floundering and you think it must just be you. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other thing, which is personally how I think they're going to make their next billion dollars, is that they do this for companies. So you can bring your team in, which I'm just like, yes, every company wants this. We wanted this when we were running a company. It's hard to know who, what, how much it costs. Who's the right person? How are they going to format it? Right. And that's where I'm like, it's the dry bar of this, right? Where it's like, you, you could always get a blowout, right? But you needed somebody to be like, you know, this is like here's the like very straightforward version here's of this the, where you here's know Here's where you're going to go where you know you're going to get a good blowout. Yes. Yeah. And I was like, this, especially with everybody being remote now, and it, it just feels, and just there being so many startups run by people who like aren't, natural leaders or managers I mean, or whatever. honestly, I think even just, you know, in general, the hybrid workforces, yeah. the people, have, you know, who moved during COVID and now they're teams that are, are just not connected in that way yeah. at all. They've made new hires who live across the country. And this is an opportunity. And they also do this like digitally. You could do this with a team that's right across the country totally. and have an opportunity for people to actually engage around something other than small talk or work things. Thank you so much to Skims for sponsoring today's episode. Ugh, Erica, you and I were like late to the Skims train despite hearing about it constantly. And now we're like, really, are we driving the train? 
We're, we're definitely in one of the, like the sleeper cars, you know what I mean? We're like really <laughs> on board. It's absurdly comfortable. So the thing that I got, um, well, I got a couple of things, but one of the things that I really love is the fits everybody racer back bralette, because you know, how you I'm, like a racer back, you like a racer. Well, that's bralette. what I was going to say. Yeah. You know I'm like deeply addicted to a racer back tank year round. It's a year round thing for me because I like a racer back under a sweater. Cause it's got a higher neck. And then summer, it peaks, I like it peaks, it, it peaks. <laughs> and then in the summer, I'm all about a racer back and you got to have the bra. That's not, it's not peaking out of it. And that razor right. bralette is very good. And it's like, there's no seams. It's very comfy. Here's the thing about a racer back, especially if you're a migraine girly like me, uh, you, you gotta be careful because it can really pull the, on the neck and the shoulders, the pressure, one, the, the migraine triggers. Yeah, yeah. This one doesn't do it. It doesn't do it because it's a migraine so proof racer back bra. Wow. 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 Yeah. wow. Skims is a solution oriented brand creating the next generation of underwear, loungewear and shapewear for everybody. The Fits Everybody collection of underwear are lightweight form-fitting essentials. The buttery soft fabric molds to your body and stretches to twice its size. It's offered in a range of cuts and fits from underwear and bras to dresses, t-shirts, and bodysuits. Love a bodysuit. Available in sizes extra extra small to 4X and offered in nine core colorways plus limited edition seasonal colors. Believe the hype. This collection has over 90,000 five-star reviews for a reason. Skims Fits Everybody and more best-selling essentials are available now at skims.com. Plus, get free shipping on orders over $75 all at skims.com. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole. As a leading functional medicine practitioner, I have had the unique position to see so many alchemize their pain and health problems to their purpose. Now I want the same for you. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers, where there is a fresh infusion of grace and lightness into wellness. This is the art of being well. Join me every Thursday for a new episode. I know they also do a couples version of this. In your research, did you discover how, is it like couples group therapy? Yeah, so it's couple, It's called couplehood and it's up to seven maybe couples. We talked to someone who had gone through that and they mm-hmm. said that it was just this really fascinating thing because you don't interact with couples in that way mm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. And that, that feels very foreign. You might have yeah. like a dinner party and chat mm-hmm. with, I don't know, other couples or like friends, but not in a context where you're sharing things that are happening in your life and how you're dealing with them. Yeah. And that that just felt very new. Right. The thing I can't stop thinking about when considering this business is what Elizabeth and Julie said about the connection piece of mm-hmm. it and that that is what soul cycle ultimately was doing they had no idea when they set out that that was going to be the thing and that mm-hmm. this is doing that too and that just like we are in this place where we just like lack community in every aspect of our lives yes. we live online the death of religion and civic and you know organizations and unions and the elimination of public spaces mm-hmm. and all of this and it just it's making me feel like i should finally read the book bowling alone i don't know about you this heard book. no so it's called Bowling Alone, The Collapse and Revival of American Community. It's a 2000 nonfiction book by this guy, Robert D. Putnam, that basically solidified all of these ideas of these community underpinnings, these places mm. where we sought human connection are all eroded or mm. eroding. Mm-hmm. And what do we do about that? And how do we fix that? And mm-hmm. I think that this is something that people have been trying to solve in a million different ways yeah. since then. We've even had conversations about the way people like latched, you know, we talked recently about fandoms. We've mm-hmm. talked with people about like horoscopes and the like yeah. rise of horoscope yeah. being something that people were trying to connect and be like, we're both Libras. And so mm-hmm. what does that mean? It also made me think so much about this article that Amanda Mull wrote for The Atlantic on 
Bed Bath & Beyond closing, of all uh, things. R.I.P. R.I.P. I'm going to read a kind of long part of it because I just thought it was so fucking good and it really just went a long way. So she's talking about the closing of Bed Bath & Beyond and a bunch of other of these like big box stores. The accumulating absences have left many malls and commercial corridors, especially those in more rural or less wealthy areas, to languish half vacant. And this has begun to eat away at one of the core structures of modern American life. That life is more satisfying when you can touch something before you buy it, when vendors near you sell things you might need at the last minute, when people in your community can gather in places to do the mundane errands and chores of living. These spaces are social and convivial, even if just minorly so. They require people to interact with strangers and contend with the messy realities of life alongside others. The centrality of these market spaces persists across time, geography, and culture, and it predates capitalism by millennia. No matter the economic system, for people to trade for things they can't do or make themselves, they need a common place. Whatever that place looks like where you live, it's important to your community's health. Bigger, better-known stores draw foot traffic to smaller stores and restaurants, all of which give greater visibility to other types of businesses nearby. These are areas where people go to work and walk around and spend their money, which are theoretically all things we want people to do in their daily lives, the kinds of things that, say, help set coherent community norms of how to act in public or to let teenagers gather to try out adult behaviors such as buying their own clothes or having an unsupervised lunch with friends or applying for a job. This process is how people gain skill and confidence in navigating social interactions and the world at large. What I'm explaining here is just how a city or town works when it does, where jobs and opportunity come from, why people decide to move to a place, why they decide to stay. Whether Bed Bath & Beyond fails is by itself not going to break any particular city, but the larger trend that has helped it toward failure might eventually do exactly that. The more economic activity goes to e-commerce and just a few brick and mortar mega retailers, the more that activity fades from public view. Instead, it's attended to by low wage workers sequestered in warehouses or largely behind the scenes in big box stores by delivery drivers alone in their truck. What consumers get in return is convenience or at least the semblance of it. Shop all you want without leaving your home. If you must go out, get everything you need in a single store. But as this new way of shopping becomes dominant, it also flattens out some of the social and physical texture of life. Regularly traversing the physical plane is pretty good for most people, even if it's just to buy groceries or replace your worn out sheets. Convenience can provide only so much, and it alone is not a particularly worthy ultimate goal of human existence. It's not to disagree with anything she's saying, but I do think you can imagine a world in which we would find ways to physically interact with people that aren't around consumption, right? You like, can and, imagine and, a world, and, yes. And it hypothetically, that's what emerges from this because we do need human connection and yeah. interaction. Yeah. You know, whole other conversation around the Amazon of it all and the e-com of it all. Yeah. I would like to pitch a celebrity memoir because this podcast. You love a celebrity memoir. I love a celebrity memoir. I think our listeners do. I think Celebrity Book Club will cover this one. But in the meantime, so. Tell Me Everything, mm-hmm. a memoir by Minka Kelly. I read a passed around galley that mm-hmm. at least three friends of mine had read previously, mm-hmm. which I feel like just sets the tone mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. of this book. I knew nothing of Mika Kelly's life, yeah. and she had been pretty quiet about mm-hmm. it up to this point. But it turns out her life was really fucking hard. Can we also set that Mika Kelly was one of the leads in Friday Night Lights? That's Lila Garrity, most of us know of her, Lila right? Garrity in, in Friday Night Lights. What she's also in Parenthood, been? and okay. she's in Euphoria. Oh, I didn't know either of those. Yeah. Okay. I think because she played Lila Garrity and did a tremendous job of playing mm-hmm. Lila Garrity, head cheerleader on Friday Night Lights, people have a sense that that is who she is right. in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And ultimately, 
she is much more Tyra Colette, oh, who is the blonde yeah, yeah, on yeah, Friday yeah, Night yeah. Lights. Mm-hmm. Her mom was a stripper when she was growing up, had addiction issues. She like very, had very tenuous living situations mm-hmm. and circumstances. There were a lot of just sort of people in and out of her life. And she really struggled to get her footing. It's probably not fair to say she like fell ass backwards into acting, but it wasn't. Yeah. How did she get into acting? She was sort of pushed into modeling, then was like getting some commercials okay. and then was started doing some acting classes and then was like, oh, and they had an acting instructor uh-huh. who basically was like, you're so not in touch with your emotions and you fall back on these like very specific ways of responding to things because of that. Mm-hmm. And that forced her to really to like treat acting class, like early acting classes, probably a little bit like therapy, but mm-hmm. then to like actually go deep into therapy um, um, as a result okay. Okay. of okay. this. But yeah, like I think the acting, the early acting classes were like a way of kind of getting to know herself and work Mm. through some of the Mm. stuff that was really hard for her. The prologue of this book opens with her doing a peep show at 17 to save money to get her own place. Mm -hmm. Because at that point, she's living with a boyfriend and the boyfriend's like dad and brother. And there is a bit in this prologue about how this the other woman who's doing the peep show with her who has zero interest in like being friendly or Mm -hmm. supportive or helpful or like anything is picking out Ani DeFranco songs <laughs> to play for their performance. Uh-huh. And you just immediately get the vibe like, okay, like this person is going, this is going to be real talk. She's mm-hmm. going to like tell me like what's really happened mm-hmm. in her life. And she knows how to paint a picture. Mm-hmm. And it sort of like goes on from there. Do you think she wrote it herself? I, I think it's so hard to know. Okay, here's what I'll say. I think she has done a lot of therapy of all kinds. You really get a lens into that and you get a picture into the way that she's worked through things over time. And she definitely like, she's honest about how shitty people in her life were to her, Mm -hmm. but also how much they were doing the best they could, Mm -hmm. which is a pretty specific and magical balance to hit. She does talk about Tim Riggins. Right, because it turns out she dated him in real life. And this was like a big reveal. Nobody knew this until There was now. like, I think there'd been like a nod to it in the past, but this okay. is like definitely the first time that okay. it's been talked about in any yeah. great detail. And basically any of the chemistry you see in Friday Night Lights is real because they were definitely mm-hmm. effing. But then when they broke up, she handled it pretty, I don't know. She just like, okay, this is like a sort of a taste of, this is a taste of their breakup. Mm-hmm. I'd show up to work with a smile on my face thinking I was being professional while everyone else felt sorry for the guy whose heart had just been broken. My coworkers weren't taking me out for drinks after work to mend my broken heart. They were taking him out. Vulnerability begets connection as evidenced by the outcome of both our coping mechanisms. My tough guy approach only left me alone. If you behave as if you need no one, if no one around you knows any better, most certainly no one will in fact be there. So she hadn't done enough therapy at this point to Correct. realize that. Correct. Okay. She's only Correct. realizing it in retrospect. Exactly. Got it, got it. I didn't watch Friday Night Lights. I've seen like a, a couple episodes. Um, I know. So and, and listen, I didn't I watch Peoplehood or Euphoria. Yeah. So yeah. I, my my what are your what's her? your understanding of her or your well interest in I her? see her on Instagram because I think she's in a gal group that I follow some of the people like she seems to have a very tight knit lady friend group so I see that and. Then she dated Trevor Noah, which I was very interested in because I think he's a lot of sex appeal. Yeah. No, a lot of people, he's not, I don't know why he does it. He's not for me particularly, but. Gosh, that face. And the, he has a very coy smile. It's a yeah. good face. He's a good accent. He's not like someone I'm like super pining for, but when he's. He's big, not Bill Hader. Not Bill Hader. He's not, you know, my new ones, Alexander Skarsgård. That's the one where I'm like, oh my God. I'm sorry. That's super my type and not yours. I'm so intrigued. He 
I mean, everybody's type. Okay, he's yeah, so true. hot. He's really doing it for me in succession because he's so good. More recently, and I haven't, I should have checked up to see if this was still happening, but she's dating the lead singer from Imagine Dragons. I think, I think that's still happening. Who is so hot. Like, yeah, you sent me You sent hot. me like a concert shot. Yeah, I sent of you him some having concert taken footage. his shirt yeah. off. I unabashedly love Imagine Dragons. Like it's kind of cheesy. You like running music. It's great running music. <laughs> it is the best workout music. Thunder, what a bop. Does she discuss it? No, she okay. doesn't. The last like boyfriend she discusses by name is Taylor Kitsch, aka Tim Riggins. Oh my god. Um, like from like 20 years ago, we're we talking? 15. Yeah. 10. Yeah. Okay. I think at that point, it's maybe just about like not airing the dirty, dirty laundry, laundry of a bunch of That's other of relationships. That's kind. But she talks about plenty of things she's gone through. You, okay. you don't feel like, what am I getting from this book if I'm not getting this yeah. gossip at yeah, yeah, all? Yeah. It's not to me more like being like, I lost my virginity to so-and-so and... Oh, I mean, there's definitely talk of her virginity. Um, no, but to me, more named names. Remember that? And then everybody had yeah. to like be on, was like caught on their back foot being like, well, I didn't know I was taking her virginity or whatever. Of course. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I think it is tonally similar to the Demi Moore Inside mm-hmm. Out book for sure, which was also a great celebrity <laughs> I memoir. just forgot she named it after a Disney movie. <laughs> <I> just... <laughs> well, which came first? She could have been working on the book for a long time, Claire. You will know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Pixar is like we were there first (laughs) but this is definitely one of the best celebrity memoirs I've read in a long time and I want people's thoughts okay (laughs) all right maybe I'll listen to it this episode is brought to you by BetterHelp one of the conversations that I've been like having a lot lately is chatting with friends and you know just like kind of being like a default sounding board for certain friends and family members, which is like a role I like playing of just, you know, like I'm here to hear what you're going through. Um, But there does get to be a certain point where you're like, this is like above my pay grade. Like Mm. I, I, I'm not the person to, to help you solve this or work through this because it's like not even problem solving that we're trying to do. It's like work through these feelings you're having or this like struggle you're in or this like place that you just like can't break free of this like grief or depression or whatever, you know, anxiety. And I can be like a person to be like, Hey, let's do a thing to get you out of the house or whatever. But I can't be a person um, to help guide you through this process because I am not licensed. Um, <laughs> and, and, and you, you deserve know, that. And you deserve that. You know what truly, I mean? Truly. Um, you deserve that. And that is like, I I don't know. I feel like being able to be like, hey, have you thought about talking mm-hmm. to someone else is is like the place that, that to go at the, those moments. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, it's also just sometimes you need like someone who doesn't know you. You need yeah. kind of a stranger. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash a thing or two today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash a thing or two. Betterhelp.com slash a thing or two. You know, if you like this podcast, you will definitely like that on paper. And if you like our conversations about romance on this podcast, you will super, super like that on paper. The hosts of this chat show, Becca Freeman and Olivia Mentor, are like huge romance rom-com fans. They even did a recent episode on sort of like niche erotica and Mm. did reviews of that, which I feel Mm -hmm. like is like, I don't know, that's like the next terrain for us. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We got to start reading the Goblin Erotica. (laughs) 
<laughs> totally, totally. New episodes drop every Wednesday. They are huge readers and they talk about books on every single episode. So if you're just feeling like you need book recs that aren't coming at you on TikTok or whatever, this is a place to get them. And listeners say that it just feels like having a glass of wine with your best friends, which I think is just like the ultimate review for a chat show. Truly. You know, what is better than that? Yes. Both hosts are also currently writing books. So they give you updates on that process in case that's curious and interesting for you. And there's a huge back catalog. So you don't have to feel like, oh, I got to start at the beginning or anything like that. Just, you know, try the erotica one, see how it goes, <laughs> whatever. It's a classic. You may also like situation. If you like this, you may also like that. Let's get it going. Let's get it going. Listen to Bad on Paper. I see here in your notes that we're glossing over that she also dated John Mayer and Chris Evans. Oh, yeah. Chris Evans, John Mayer, Derek Jeter, Jesse Williams, Trevor Noah. You know what I was grateful for? Here's something I was really grateful for. I was so grateful that she did not spill any ink on John Mayer because that man, I I don't know. I feel like it would have added to like expanded the canon of like of, of people talking shit on John Mayer and their memoirs because he deserves it. Yes. Or in their songs. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. It's true. I but actually, I basically was like, he doesn't deserve he it. I have another TV show thing that I wanted to talk about. I don't think these TV shows overlapped. Again, I don't. I'm no, not, I don't think they did. I don't did think you did. watch Seventh Heaven? Never intentionally. Yeah, I feel like that was probably <laughs> my relationship with it too. Do you know about its revival right now? No. I should say just to get out of the way, it was there was a lot of attention brought to it a couple of years ago because it turned out that the dad was like a pedophile, I think. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's, the well, actor, not the yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> Which brings me to the thing is that there's this TikTok meme now hashtag unhinged seventh heaven because <laughs> all of these people are rewatching it and being like this show is fucking insane because there's all of these insane scenes including one where jessica beale's character mary mary which i just every time my brain cannot it cannot go there it can't make the leap but go on she's losing her focus because she wants to have her first kiss and she needs to just get her first kiss out of the way so that she can focus on her basketball. Uh And she is lamenting this to her older brother, the hot one, the one with the long hair. I don't know his name. Why is she talking to her older brother about this? Just because that's how this show is. Save your why. Because the why is, why does she propose to her brother that she just practice on him? What? To get it out of the way. And so this is the first scene that like, I think, Claire kicked off this series of people so being like, what they do? Wrong so they are, they kiss on the they show. Don't ever actually kiss. They're about to kiss. And the dad walks out to take out the trash. And it's like, what the fuck are you two doing? Right. But she keeps being like, oh, if I could just kiss a boy, then I could quit thinking about it and concentrate on my game. Could you just show me? This is deranged. And then later, probably several seasons later, the mom and the dad are talking about how all their kids are fucked up and where did they go wrong? And they flash back to the scene where the kids are about to kiss, being like, was that where we went wrong? That our kids were kissing each other? What was wrong with this show? There's another one where Lucy, the younger sister, who's the actress's name is Beverly, which I could never forget, yeah. is in labor. And Matt, the hot, so Matt's the hot guy. Matt, with the yeah, long yeah, hair. yeah, sure. The older brother is in the delivery room with her and the husband. And the husband goes... You better not be looking at my wife. And the brother goes, I'm a doctor. And the husband goes, but you're her brother. And Matt again says, I'm a doctor. And the brother goes, I hope that doesn't mean what I think it means. What What does that mean? I don't know. I don't know. I just, 
this is, this is some pop culture that's not serving me at all. And so I needed you to also have to deal with this being in your head now that this is this is this is where we are. Where with are Seventh people Heaven watching Discourse. Seventh Heaven? Do we know? Great question. You would have thought it would have gone the way of the Cosby show after that dad went on. You would have like step by step. Yeah, God, I would absolutely <laughs> watch Step by Step again if that were streaming. You, you would not. Oh, would yes, I would. You would watch one episode and you would be like, You're right, this, probably. what is happening? Let's get this going. Oh, my God, I loved that show. Step by step, <laughs> day by day. Okay, I got something new I wanted to tell you about. I think you should get it. We were just talking to this about how we're all the things that you always would hear older women say, this is what happens when you turn 40. They're all happening. Like my skin is getting drier, yes. this and that and whatever. Also, I'm getting- I don't have a memory anymore. I have, <laughs> yeah, all, I, yes. It's like between us, we have mm-hmm. two thirds of memory. Yeah, that's plenty. Yeah. One of the things that is happening is random hairs come, like I can't, I'm playing whack-a-mole with them. I feel all like that started at like 30. Oh, it did. I, I, mm, yeah. I, I feel like always, at our 30th yeah. birthdays, we were like- yeah. Wow, what's it this really, and why does it keep coming back? Yes, absolutely. The pace increased exponentially in around like 36, 37, yeah, I would say. Yeah, yeah. The only way I find them, because I A, don't have great eyesight, B, don't have great lighting in my bathroom. The only way I'm finding them is if Chris points them out. Yeah, no, I understand. when you go into a hotel that has really aggressive bathroom lighting. And, like and then you're like, I look like your... this all the time and exactly. I have no idea. You're like, I'm full, I fully have a mustache. Yeah. And I had no clue. No one told me. And I like, in some ways, walking around in bliss. Like, I don't want to oh, be yeah. dealing with it all the time. Listen, people's eyes are not a, a magnifying mirror. Yeah. We don't, like, need to be, yeah. I kind of feel whatever. I just, it's one of those things where I'm deeply vain, but I can't be vain about things that I'm not aware of. So I just, <laughs> I'm like, see it. How yeah, could you know? exactly. Yeah. But then I was, like, it was getting to the point where I was like, it's honestly just too much to keep. It's truly whack-a-mole. And I'm sick of being like, well, I finally got that one hair out. And now there's this other one that's not long enough now. You know, whatever. <laughs> you know the drill. Oh, I do. I do. <laughs> You're like, God, I got to wait, but I can, like, feel it. And I can't But um, how am I going to remember? Because exactly. I can't remember anything. Just, like, well, check you'll back remember and because if you're like me, you can't stop, like, thumbing yeah. it. Being like, there's that little one right there. Yeah. It's yeah. like having to clip my like nails. Like on this mole. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh-huh. Okay. So I was like, I think I'm going to shave my face. I think I'm going to start doing that because that might be like yeah. the only answer. Because the other thing that's happened is that the peach fuzz has gotten more intense. Yeah. And I have a number of friends, both real friends and people who I follow on the internet who I don't sure. know, yeah. who love face shaving. And they're like, no, you got to try it. Like it, it doesn't grow back weird. It's actually really great. Your makeup goes on smoother. Your face is so smooth. It's great. How are they shaving? I think you just put on lotion and then there's these little razors that don't to me look like men's razors, although I don't know what the difference is. Okay. The ones that I have seen are, um, it's one stick with a little razor. I parallel. have one of those yeah, that so I use sometimes. You but do? I don't, but I don't like put cream on or anything. I just. You just do it on dry skin? Yeah, but mm. like really only like around, yeah. yeah. Okay, so I mouth, do, sometimes how often chin. do you do it? Um, gosh, I'd have to remember, you know? So I think the reason I've been so hesitant is because I had such a traumatic relationship with shaving my entire life. Like I just had, my body hair is so coarse and thick that shaving would always, I would have to do it constantly. It would never result in actually smooth skin. I was constantly getting razor burn and ingrowns. Then at one pivotal moment in my life, I got laser hair removal and I was like, great, I'm done with shaving. I'm never doing it again. So the idea of getting into a new relationship with shaving is quite daunting to me. I don't want to do it. Even though everyone has said, it's not the same. It's fine. It's not not the same. Yeah, and, and you're also not, it's not like, it's just not the density. You're, no, it's a different know, experience. Totally. Anyway, but anyway, I, you have I, a better solution, well, I think. Well, I don't think it's better. I think I'm going to shave too. I think I'm going to try it. I'll report back. 
while I was searching for these shavers, I came across this thing. It is called the Tweezerman Smooth Finish Facial Hair Remover. And smooth finish. Great. Okay. <laughs> you know, and here's what I'm going to say. Like, I mean, it's not giving you an unsmooth finish, but it is, it feels to me like an interim step before shaving. Yeah. What it is, is it's so wild. I had no idea how it was going to work, but I had read the reviews and everybody was like, this thing works. So I'm going to try it. So it's a very tight metal coil. Yeah. Like a spring. Into a U. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Bent into a U shape with handles on either side. And then between the coils and the handles, there are these little, almost like, casters like these uh-huh. little like metal things that twist so what you do uh-huh. is you drag you grab the handles you drag the coil across your face while twisting these little casters oh. so that and what that does is it makes the coil a little bit tighter as as you're uh-huh. dragging it so it grabs the hairs and pulls them out so it's like threading yeah almost. and I've never had threading but everybody in the oh, comments says okay it's okay threading, okay basically yeah And what I like about it is I'm like, cool, I'm doing this. It hurts a little bit. It's not shaving. It's getting like most stuff. It's tweezing. Yeah. Yeah. It's very quick. It's a little bit painful, but not to me enough to be a deterrent. And I felt like it was getting a lot of the stuff that I wouldn't otherwise see. It's not going to get the ones we're talking about that are like the really coarse hairs where you're like, I don't think it will get those. Maybe it will. I don't know. I had already tweezed those, but I felt like this was a really good, like, okay, I can do this every couple of days, just drag it across and it'll get like the fine, like weird hairs. I think this is smart. It's I mean, very this, smart. You know, I it's the difference. Works. I mean, this is like the difference between, you know, shaving, you're not getting the root of anything. So, so you're not buying like yourself as much time. That's what I liked about it. I, as I said, very fraught relationship with shaving. This felt like, okay, it's more like waxing. Yeah, totally, totally. Yeah. So I don't know. I think everybody should try it. I couldn't believe how effective it was and how just like easy it felt. I don't know. But I'm I welcome people's thoughts on shaving their faces and their tips on it. You know why else too? Huh? I've been dragging my feet about shaving face. Do you know what they always say to little girls who want to shave their legs where they're like, once you start, you can't stop. So you like, I don't think that's true with this. Yeah, I'm a little nervous about it. I'm going to do it. And if you see me out and I have like weird hairs, just know that I can't see them myself. And- <laughs> Trust that so, I don't know. Yeah, there. trust I don't know. Trust it's not intentional. You know what I'm never going to do? Huh? I say <laughs> a year from now, I'll be talking about how I love Jolene bleach. But like, I don't ever want to have to bleach stuff. Oh, I, I, it, it just feels too annoying. It doesn't feel like it's solving the problem to me. Seems so annoying. Yeah. I don't. I just don't really engage with bleach in general. And I'd like to keep it that way. You mean like as a cleaning product? As a- yeah, I kind of steer clear of it. I don't think anybody's ever taught me how to use bleach. Yeah. And certainly it's something I could learn on my own, but mm-hmm. that seems like a heavy lift. I'm quite intimidated by it as a, as a chemical substance. Yeah, exactly. um, there's a scene in romantic comedy, the new Curtis Simfeld book, where basically the woman's <laughs> like driving to meet the male lead. And before she hits the road, she bleaches her mustache. And I was just, and you know, well, she's doing all the things she shaves. Yeah, she's yeah, right. bleaching her mustache. And it was a real record scratch moment for me. It was like, oh, because she's meant to be our age. Like it's very, it takes place at a very specific yeah. time and attracts. She's our age and like, oh, are, other, are we bleaching? I thought that was something our moms did. I don't know. I think people take different approaches. I think there are a lot of does. angles on yeah, this. Every, yeah, it's true. It's yeah, true. A lot of angles on this. Intriguing. <sighs> I just want everyone to laser. I mean, I know not everybody can, those blondies. Well, listen, also, your laser was way more effective than mine. Yeah, no, no. I have to shave but my this, armpits. But that was the reward um, I got for having really having coarse dark hair. And grown I up have with, yeah. fine dark hair and thus am yeah. a, a worse candidate. I know. I j- again, if men, we would 
have a, we would all it would be like covered if by men wanted smooth legs yeah i just you know and if you don't <laughs> shave or remove or any of your body hair more power to you really congrats yeah good for you i have a trick mm. this is my seasonal trick making tulips last mm. so I, there are so many tricks about this right there are so many. Put a penny in the vase. Doesn't do a vis, work for me. Put a vodka. You know what? You want to know about the penny in the vase? Tell me. <laughs> I've ever told you this. Oh my god, good. I'm excited. I got. I one. The penny in the vase never works for me. But two, I will always try it. And last year, my favorite home appliance broke for like a second or third time. My favorite home appliances are garbage disposal, and it was like such a drama and we definitely had to get the plumber out to deal with it and eventually the culprit was revealed and it was that there was a penny in the garbage disposal <laughs> because when emptying the vase Claire. that had the tulip water in it I had just chucked the penny right into the garbage disposal <laughs> so that's not. why I will no longer be doing the penny in the in the tulip water I have something to tell you about the penny in the tulip water yeah um, mm-hmm. I'm like delighting in what your response is going to be Mm-hmm. So this is from Southern Living. The reason pennies are considered a smart way to keep flowers alive longer is because copper is a fungicide, so it naturally kills off those pe- pesky bacteria and fungi. Okay. But pennies aren't made of copper anymore. Pennies minted before 1982 yeah. uh-huh. were made of 95% uh-huh. copper, while pennies we use now, those made after 1982, are made of 97.5% zinc yeah. and then like paint given yeah. basically of their course, copper. because copper is very expensive. So basically in order mm-hmm. for this to work. Your penny has to be super old. You have to source <laughs> a 40-year-old penny. Yeah, no, that makes total sense. If I had thought that through, I could have gotten there on my own actually. I mean, yeah. But why is this trick being passed around still? Yeah, no, because it's ridiculous. Who, who's looking to see if they have a 40-year-old penny? I mean, this is just not a way. This is not a system. What is the other? Is vodka? That vodka is just like flowers in general. That's not a That's flowers in general. And that's to, for the killing yeah. the same thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so this has nothing to do with killing anything. Okay. Congrats to us. Yeah. So basically, you, with tulips, you poke a hole mm-hmm. near the base of the flower in the stem with so like high up, high up, close yeah. to close to that little yeah. flowers, yeah. basically the flower's neck, yeah. Um, yeah. as it were, with like a safety pin, a mm. paper clip, mm-hmm. a toothpick, a whatever. Because apparently, according to a gardener named Daisy Payne, usually when they hit the water, air bubbles rise up the stem, blocking the water from oh, reaching wow. the flower head. And that's what causes them to droop. And the hole basically lets the like <gasps> air escape. That makes a lot of sense. It makes a lot of sense. You know what it also does? It makes a massive difference. You know how you put tulips in a vase and yeah. like the next day they're all- Yes, I do yes, know that. heads down. Yeah. And not anymore, Claire. That's great. Not anymore. I mean, eventually they do. And yeah. I think eventually it looks chic, but not the yeah. day that you buy them at yeah. the grocery store and you're like, oh, I'm going to treat myself to this thing. I've had great success with- three different bouquets and it wow. has made me excited to buy tulips, which I've always felt yeah, like a little like bit like, go away. yeah, it's not worth it. Yeah. What's the thing? Okay. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's wonderful. I came across this juice company the other day. I, I truly have not the slightest how I stumbled upon it. It's just a juice company. It's based in the UK. I think basically it was, it was a go-to for bars to order for mixers. Mm-hmm. And then they decided that they wanted to also have a consumer facing business. Yeah. They went so, from B to B to B to C. That's right. Well, B to B and B to C. I think yeah. they have both. Uh-huh. And their only real differentiator that is that they ship their juice at truck temp so you can store it at room temp and waste less watts of refrigeration. I mean, which is huge, which is really yeah. huge. But they are very clear about that being their only differentiator. That's because, not true. They have another differentiator. Well, 
it's their copywriting, but their whole vibe of their copywriting is like, we're just juice. We're not offering you anything else. Their tagline is extraordinary, extremely online juice. And that <laughs> like the copywriting is so good. Here's a product description for the apple juice. Thousands of apples come together to create a supercharged regular apple flavor. <laughs> Shake for peak normal flavor. I just love it. Our cranberry juice embodies everything we love about cranberry juice. Cranberries. <laughs> I just wanted to play a game with you to close out this episode. Perfect. Great. I'm going to read you the tagline for each of these juices and you see if you can guess which juice it is. Okay. Okay. I'm ready. A co-founder of Pina Colada goes solo. Pineapple. Nailed it. A blind taste test we're fairly certain you'd ace. Orange. Grapefruit. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay. The pronunciation is debatable. The fact that it tastes good, less so. Tomato. Nailed it. I think this one's a little off, though, because I does everybody like tomato juice? Um, I feel like that's up for debate, too. Yeah, that's Tomato true. juice is weird. <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> a juice too cool to try to be anything it's not. It's also later described as normcore. Orange? Cranberry. Cranberry juice is what they label normcore. Wait, cranberry juice is normcore? Yeah, no, I don't get it either, okay. but I like it. I embrace it. Okay, yeah, totally. Sure. Put the morning on the map. Alternately described as it is what it is. I mean, okay, so now I get orange. Yes, yeah. now you get orange. Finally. <laughs> this one I, you will also get. The juice at the top of every juice drinker's alphabetized list. Apple. Nailed it. Oh my gosh, great. Congratulations to Eager Juice. I just absolutely love your copywriting. I mean, so good. Ugh, that's the show. That's the show. This has been a production of Dear Media, and we are so grateful to the talented team over there for helping us make this podcast happen, especially to our wonderful producer, Ali Slice. You can follow us on Instagram at a thing or two HQ. And if you have ideas for our show or want to advertise, email podcast at a thing or two HQ.com. Find show notes and sign up for our newsletter at a thing or two HQ.com too. If you love the show, consider supporting it by signing up for a secret menu also at a thing or two HQ.com. note that this episode may contain paid endorsements and advertisements for products and services. Individuals on the show may have a direct or indirect financial interest in products or services referred to in this episode.